0: Again, thank you for your prayers and phone calls and concern and the, the flowers from the church and passing of Patty's mom. It was a shock. Um, not that at 92, somebody passing away is a shock. It was just that, let's take her into the hospital for some tests, see what's going on, and the doctor the next day says she has one to six days. She lasted two days. But God is good. I'm going to just talk a little bit about Blanche and some of her experiences because I really think it fits in the message and the direction we're going as a church. As in all families, there's turmoil, there's conflict. In Patty's family, there was more than, I guess, the usual amount. Though Blanche and I butted heads early in our marriage. Not my marriage to Blanche, but my marriage to Patty. (laughs) Make that clear on the tape. She thought I was the most wonderful guy in the world. (laughs) But when it came to... Talking to the pastor down there, her, Patty's brother handled most of that. Every, everything was paid for. Her husband, who passed five years ago, six years ago, had taken care of everything. But they had to tell the pastor some of the good things about Blanche. They couldn't think of many. Blanche was somebody who had... Had a hard life. Somebody you couldn't please. You could do 180% and she'd wonder why you didn't do 181. And she let you know it. You could never please her. She was angry. She was bitter. She was hurting. On their 50th wedding anniversary, everybody got together for a big celebration. One of her nephews, her sister's son, stood up and said, her husband, it was Ted, said, how could Ted ever been married to you for 50 years? How'd he last? People chuckled nervously, but everybody knew it was true. Blanche had her share of problems. It was hard to be around her. One minute, loving, kind, generous, next, she was. Yes, she was. But during a a funeral, and you've all been through funerals, and as Patty and I get older, boy, how about that? But during a funeral, I, I, I told Patty when we were, We had a lot of time just to sit and talk. She was forced to sit and talk with me. Turned off the little game player she carries, and we sat and talked. And I told her, I said, Honey, you know, the thing about death is you can sit and watch everybody, and all the veneer is gone. You know how on fancy furniture they use a rough, messed-up wood underneath and put this nice veneer on top of it? Well, that's how most of us live our lives, even as Christians. We had this nice, sweet veneer, but death was kind of nasty. It rips that veneer right off, and you see what everybody is. And I'm not saying this to make me look good, because God dealt with me in a number of ways, but my rough wood that's still there. But I also told Patty, I said... You know, some of the things are jokes now. You know, you, you chuckle things that happened. Some of the things are buried deep, in there and they're they still hurt. But I told Patty, I said, just think, Blanche, bitter, mean, cantankerous, unforgiving. Is perfect now. She's just the way God created her. She is perfect. No bitterness, no anger. She is absolutely perfect. And I think one of the things the Father is trying to teach us in our time together is we have to start seeing each other and everybody else as perfect. See, we still like to judge, even as being Christians, we like to judge, we like to set ourselves above. But I think he wants us to see everyone is perfect. Because see, Blanche, who accepted the Lord when she was a young girl, didn't have a whole lot of clue on a lot of things but God started a work in her and he perfected it. It was complete. So we may joke about Blanche and our family and stuff, but when I see her again, she'll be perfect. So will I. Boy, this is part of the my, my series, really. It's, Sit, walk, and stand, and two weeks ago, before this all came down, I talked about sitting, because the first thing that Christ did was sit at the right hand of the Father. And I talked about how you have to sit at the right hand of the Father with Christ, because Christ is in you, and you are in Christ. You can't, you can't separate yourself from Christ. And before you do anything, it is to sit with him. That was my, my main part of, you know, the last message. And we, we find many different ways to do things, and we, we run around and we try to do things our own ways, but we have to remember that Christ is the tree of life. He is our rest, and that's where we sit, and that's where we, we get all wisdom and understanding. But, you know, as, as we have sat with Christ, there's some things we have to realize as we go into our walk. First, we have to realize that Jesus has done everything for us. There is not one thing that he has to do for us. Everything is complete. Everything is done. He is seated on his throne in total majesty and power. And we are seated right there with him. That is our that is our position where, where we go from He is that strong tower. We don't run to the strong tower. We live in that strong tower. And all our strength is through him. I can do nothing. You know, when Paul says, I can do nothing. That's right. You can't do anything. You You try to do things on your own, you will fail. But all our spiritual walk, all our spiritual experiences start with us. And rest with the Father. That's where we start our walk. We find our strength there and that's where we start walking. But you've got to remember, and I'm going to repeat this so many times in this message, the Father is in you and you are in the Father. When you start your walk, it's not like I'm going to walk away from this pulpit and walk outside and walk away from the pulpit. It goes with me. The Father goes with me wherever I walk, whatever I do. Whatever I say, if I'm crude or crass, mean, loving, wonderful, spiritual, he's there. He lives in me and I live in him. Still trying to get rid of the old religion, the old time religion. If you haven't been keeping up with Dr. Keithley's messages, keep up with Dr. Keithley's messages. They will challenge you. They will open your eyes to things that you, you go, oh my, I can't believe this. When we walk with with the Lord, when we walk in our, our life and in and, and, and the natural world, we never leave that position with, that we have with Him. We are always connected. He speaks to you, you speak to Him. Prayer has become something different to me. Prayer is not a... I need. As Terry played that one song, you know, by Janis Joplin. Oh Lord, give me a Mercedes Benz. You no, know, prayer is just conversation with Him. He's right there. You can tell Him when you're hurt. You can tell Him when you're good. But you have to walk it out, and it all comes out of our heavenly position as we start walking. I don't know if you want to put these up there on the screen, Terry, or not. Don't worry about it. It's really not that important. They're just real short verses. But the first one I want to read is Ephesians 4. And again, this, this whole series, these three messages that are all in Ephesians, and they're divided, the first three, the middle and the end. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with each other, with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is part of what Paul in Ephesians is telling us how to walk and, and how we're supposed to do it. The next one is uh, 417 and 23. Again, Paul talks about. And this whole section about dealing with people in everyday life, in your your walk with the Lord, how to deal with people. He says in verse 17 through 23, he says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Think about that. You live like a Gentile? Try to understand what he's saying there. And the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are all full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you've learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in your attitudes of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Well, that's a mouthful. If anybody has reached that stage... You know, you can come up here and you can take over the message and, and tell us how you've, you know, you've done that. And that's part of what I want to talk about because you and yourself cannot do this. It is not in you to do this in your own strength. And I'll talk more about that in a, in a few minutes. Go to uh, chapter 5, verse 2. Okay, we can start at verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God, as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. standard of life we were supposed to walk. Again, I haven't quite done that. Every once in a while, I it. But Christ has given himself for me to walk a life that is worthy of him. And the last one is uh, 5, 8 through 10. where this relates to all of us. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. We all walked in darkness. <laughs> Listening to Doctor Keithley's messages, gosh, what do you call it? You know, how many of you were think, have been asked, when did you accept the Lord? That really doesn't matter. You see, the Lord accepted you two thousand years ago. You you were taken into the family two thousand years ago. And you need to get to a point, and I guess the best word is, it's just surrender. I give up. I'm going to go with you. You accepted me two thousand years ago. I can fight it. I can fight it. I can fight it. But there comes a point. That I surrender. I surrender it all. And you learn to walk the walk. And as, as Paul, through all the section of Ephesians, is talking, he's he's trying to say, how do you walk with your family? And how do you walk with your children? And how do you walk with your boss? And how do you walk with your spouse? How do you handle these things? And we get stuck in the minutia of, you don't understand. You don't know who I'm married to. You don't know you do. Know. We get an attitude it's not our attitude. We have to learn it is the Christ in us. When you surrendered all, your spirit man came to life. Listening to the, the pastor down there, was a Methodist church, and he was talking about Blanche's soul. Leaned over to Patty, I said, her soul doesn't matter now. Her spirit is what's alive. She may think and reason up there, but that's not what's important. It's her spirit that's alive. And that same spirit that's alive in heaven is alive in you right now. It's there. It's working. It's moving. Paul was trying to tell us how we should conduct our private and personal life. See, a lot of us, Even as Christians have that veneer, we look pretty in church, but we look horrible at home. We're the mean boss, but we give a lot to church and do do things. See, doing things doesn't cut it. Doing things right and wrong to try to impress the world. See, my, yeah, I'll talk about it. He'll never listen to this message. See, my, my my brother-in-law is very wealthy. He likes to tell you how wealthy he is. But his kids won't talk to him. They have no relationship. He's lost the relationship of his grandchildren. They're high school seniors now. They've had no relationship with him. You can have all the money in the world... It doesn't matter. Your walk has to be first unto the Lord. And when it's unto the Lord, those things, those things that down here, they really don't matter. To walk with Him, to be with Him, to talk with Him is more important. And you can do it daily because His Spirit is alive in you and you are alive in Him and you are seated. And out of that place of power where you are seated, you take your position and you walk through this world. So where's the starting point? Where, our walk with the Lord, or our walk in this world, where do we start? Well, we start first being seated. And there will come a time that you, you know that it's time to move. But see, the natural man, he likes to sit the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I tell you, the more you study this, the more you meditate on this, the more you will see this in the world and you understand why it is all screwed up. See, the natural man likes to sit and go, what is right and what is wrong? What is good and what is evil? And they're like two tracks. Talked about those four. They're like two tracks on on a train. They both go the same direction to disaster. You might be on the right-hand side and doing evil. You might be on the left-hand side think you're doing good, but they're both headed in the same direction because that has never been a tree that we were supposed to eat from. And we still eat from that from time to time. But I tell you, the more you don't eat from that tree, the better you are. Because you... The natural man tries to find a sense of right and wrong, but as a Christian, we find a sense of righteousness. And the only way that find that sense of righteousness is at the base of the tree of life and to rest with Christ and to be with him and to hear him and to speak to him. And when you move out, you move out in his righteousness and not your righteousness good and evil never come into effect righteousness you are righteous and that's the way you're supposed to walk that is your starting point your standard should be the tree of life and i know i know we all struggle with it cuz when my veneer got pulled back and i went oh yes lord still have that don't I that gnarly wood under that beautiful veneer see as a Christian it is not a matter of right and wrong can you go to Ephesians 4.32 it's not as a in the natural world you talk about being treated fairly or being treated unjustly did they treat me right or didn't they treat me I have my rights, and I'm going to take them, and I don't care who I smack. But as a Christian, it's not a matter of rights. It's a matter of the cross. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. See, grace is not a matter if I am treated right or wrong. Grace that comes out of me is from, from God It's from Jesus who lives in me. And that grace that I receive, that I receive because I was forgiven, I extend that grace to everyone. Not always. I'm still learning. But that's our standard. That's how we are to walk. We are supposed to walk in grace, extending forgiveness to everyone. And it is hard sometimes because I know when they... When you've been done wrong, what is it? Revenge is a meal better served cold. saying goes, Revenge is never a proper meal. Grace is the proper meal to extend to everyone. And I tell you, you cannot do it. You have to let Christ come out of you. The Christ in you that's what you are. Let that come out of you and let that be your walk. We are to walk in love. All the time, we are to walk in love. Not because we are loved or somebody loves us or somebody made us happy, but we are to walk in love all the time. In Matthew 5 is the Beatitudes. And you all know the Beatitudes. And I know earlier in my 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 walk, you know, I had to read all these things about you gotta do this and you gotta do that and you gotta do this and you gotta do that. Well, I did this, but I couldn't do that. Not because I didn't want to, but because the standard was so high, I couldn't live it. There was no way I could you can't live out the beatitudes on your own. The natural man can't do that. Jesus knew that when he was talking to him. Jesus also had a number of times where he said, you've heard it said, but let me tell you this. You thought it was hard under the law? Let me show you what hard is." He did. Go back and read. But you know, Jesus did all those things. He was righteous. Not because he could do it all on his own as a man, but because he had the Father in him. And he said, I and the Father are one. And I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it and tells me when to do it. And that's when I do it. See, so he was able to do all the things that brought us to a point where we became righteous, righteous in his crucifixion, and that we got the seated in the heavenly realms with him because of what Jesus did he listened to the Father and he walked out what well, we can walk out if we would allow God to come through our spirits and walk with him and show him the way it is Ephesians 5.3 but among you There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. You all lose not even a hint. Like if you smoked a cigarette, everybody can tell later on that you smoked a cigarette because there's a hint. But in your your walk, Jesus, if... If if we had to do that, I couldn't do it. There is no way I can do that. I cannot walk that out in my own flesh. I need what is in me, and that is the Father. And that is Jesus and the Holy Spirit working through me to do these things. Ephesians 3.20 Now this is Paul talking to us. And basically, well, let's read the verse first. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's not you. It's God at work in you that does these things. You cannot do it. You you want to sit at the tree of good and evil? Tree of knowledge, you can think you're the most brilliant man on the earth. You're going to win the Nobel Prize for brilliance. You walk that track, you're going to fail. Go to Ephesians 2.10 if you would, Terry. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus, Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, it's not us. It is We are created in Jesus Christ to do good works. We weren't created just to do good works. We were in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is in us. That is how you walk the walk. That is how you come from a place of sitting in his presence and taking him with you and walking the walk. And one more, Philippians. Sorry, Terry, can you find Philippians? 2.13 13? For it is God who works in you. For it is God who works in you. It doesn't say, for it is Norm who goes out and does these things. It is God that works. For it is God who works in Norm to will and to act in order to fulfill God's good pleasure. This doesn't have anything to do with you other than you have surrendered and let him be the Lord of your life. I thought this was real interesting, because in in this uh, book by Watchman Nee, he talks about loving your brother. I've had, uh, for most of my life, I've had a lot of problems with Patty's brother, to the point where I didn't even want to talk to him. And the reasons for it, I could, really, I could really make it sound that I was right. For God, I'm not right. And the natural, yeah, I've got reasons. And my Christian walk, no, I don't. How do you walk with somebody that when you get near them, you just, you know, that those things just grow on you, and and lift, and the anger comes up, and you just, I just can't stand this person. See, I can't do it on my own. But I've got to tell you that the Lord has been working on me with this before. I had some nice conversations with Larry. We sat and talked. Larry's still Larry but I can't love him as Greg. I have to love him as Christ in me. I haven't reached a total point because there are times when I'm going, oh, but I am better than I was five years ago. I'm better than I was a year ago with him. I wouldn't even answer the phone if he called his sister. I didn't even want to hear his voice. See, we can only show outwardly what is already in us. I can only show Christ in me to him. I can't show, I can't show the natural man. That's, I know that's not who I am. And it is a struggle from time to time. But isn't it nice you're not judged by what you do? You're under grace. We are not to try to do good deeds. We are to trust in what was already done. What you already have in you, in your walk. You trust in Christ and you walk your walk because of what he has done in you and changed in you and will continue to do in you because it is God's pleasure to do those things in you. Let me ask you this. Is God good? Then the God that dwells in you is just as good as you can imagine. He's awesome. But he lives in me. Is God great? He's unbelievably wonderful. Beyond our understanding. And he dwells in you. That same greatness that same goodness, that same unbelievable, kind, good, good, good God lives in you. God has this high standard. Let's try Matthew 5.20 if you can find that for me. And I think I'll be, that'll be my last one. Matthew 520. Now see this is after all the beatitudes. Okay, Jesus has given you all the beatitudes. He's said all these things to you, and you can't live up to them. And you think he's done. What's he say to you? For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's a double-edged sword. He just knocked the Pharisees and the teachers of the law Plus you. So you can't do it. How are you going to live more righteously than somebody who is probably fulfilling all the law? And that's not good enough. We're not under law. We are under grace. That's how we do it. We no longer eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but we eat from the tree of life. We rest in Jesus. And if you get weary go back and rest. If you get angry go back and rest. If you have a decision go back and rest. If life is hard go back and rest. If nothing's going on go back and rest. It is the best place for you to be in his surrender into his arms and his his gentle you will get wisdom you will get understanding you will get peace. You will get love. And when you make your walk and when you walk out in the world, you will show forth that love and that kindness. It may be at times like a little blinking light that goes off and on, but eventually that light will stay on all the time. We have Christ and he has made unto us the wisdom of God. We have everything we need. And I'll end it with this, about redeeming the time. And I think this is important because I look and see what's going on, and we have a little time to redeem, but we need to make the most of what we have in our walk. There's a parable about the, the Ten virgins, and you, I think you all know the parable that they were waiting for the, the bridegroom to come, and they all had. They were all waiting, they all had oil. The five of them ran out of oil. The bridegroom waited for some reason in the parable and then showed up and the ones did not have the oil. They were not prepared. In the parable, Jesus says, Away from me, I did not know you. I want to tell you that he is not rejecting the five that didn't have enough oil. Those five were saved too. See, in your walk, a lot of times we get waylaid by things. We we lose our direction for walking. And we run low on oil. We run low on the Holy Spirit. But for the Bible to say, be filled with the Spirit, it is not a one-time deal. It is not something that you do, go up to an altar and say, I'm filled with the Spirit, And never... No, it is an ongoing. Your cup runneth over. Your cup doesn't run low like the oil in the lamps. It runs over. And goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. How about that? Because he has filled you. And just be aware that it is a continual process of walking it out. Don't just take enough to get by. Don't be one of those that says, yeah, I've been saved by grace, but I can go do what I want. It's not the way it works. If you know you know how much he loves you, if you have sat at the tree of life and sat at his feet and sat in the authority that he has given you, you can't do any less than walk it out. He is good. He is faithful. He is always kind. He will never ever reject you. That is I don't care what you do. There are consequences for sin and you will pay. But the Father will never reject you. Once you've surrendered into his arms, he will never let you go. So as you walk your walk, remember where your authority and your rest come from. As you walk through the day with people around you, Remember where your love, remember where your peace, don't let somebody steal it from you. I don't care if it's somebody driving a car in front of you or your spouse or kids or who, don't let them steal your peace. It is there in you all the time. It is yours to enjoy, even in a funeral, is joy the grieving we had for Blanche was grieving for ourselves it was selfish because see now she's perfect so we rejoice because the father has been faithful again and again and again he will always be faithful to you Silah